Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. under the age of 12, is that right? So everybody but RJ, <laughs> no, all the kids, you can go downstairs, follow this beautiful young lady by here, and this young lady right over here, I can't call her beautiful because she's not related to me, but I'm sure Ezra thinks so. All right. Amen. Praise God. Isn't it awesome to see kids going out to children's church? Amen. I am so blessed that you are here this morning. I'm so blessed that you're at church. Praise God. It is a blessing for you to be here. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you real quick before my sermon. I was in a, a a web meeting, a Zoom meeting with other pastors this past week, and an economist got online, and he said that the average family is having to spend 276 or $78 more right now because of inflation. Think about that. That's almost $300 that you're having to spend more at the gas pump, groceries. Anybody else know, know, uh, notice groceries are going up, Right? And so let me, let me speak to your heart for a second, okay? And I'm going to ask everybody to put their cell phones down. Put them away, please. You don't need them. This is church. So let me speak to your heart for a second. The first thing that people do is they say, well, I need to take care of my needs, so I'm not going to give as much to church. It happens. It's natural, okay? But I'm going to tell you why you need to do the opposite. You need to do the opposite because in God's economy, when you give more, he blesses more. Okay? He blesses more. Now, listen. I'm not, I'm not talking about thousands of dollars. I'm not talking about that. As an example, and I, I, sh I share this with you not to, not to brag, but I want you to, to follow my lead, okay? The economy has hit my family just as much as it has anybody else. We have needs, we have finance, or you know, we have bills that we have to pay. And so what I did today is I gave an extra $20. That's it, just an extra $20. Because I want the Lord to know that even though I'm struggling financially, as we all are with this economy, I want the Lord to know that I'm giving to Him for His blessing. And when I do that, that He's going to turn around and take care of my needs. Amen? I'm sharing that with you. I'm sharing that with you because I want you to understand how God works. I want you to understand what he does. I want you to understand how he moves. Amen? Now, if you're not giving, if you're not giving, this is a great time to start. Amen? This is the great time to start. Step out in faith. How many have given and seen the Lord bless them and take care of them? Amen? When you give, God takes care of you. Amen? 
Now, it's not going to be a check for $10 million in your mailbox. It doesn't work like that. Now, if that ever happens, you let me know. We'll come celebrate, okay? I'll let you buy me a boat. <laughs> I'm not talking about those little small ones. I'm talking about a yacht, okay? But God's going to take care of you in ways like your children. Many of you have been praying for your children. God will take care of that. Many of you have been praying about your, your job. God will take care of that. When you're faithful in the small things, he is more than faithful in the many things. Amen? I want to share with you that this morning because I want to speak to people who are nervous. You're scared. I'm going to tell you there's nothing to be scared about. We are protected just as God's children were during the time of Exodus when, they, when the Egyptians were getting all the plagues and it wasn't happening to the Hebrews. It's the same way it's going to happen to us. Amen? We are protected by God's grace. But you've got to be faithful. You've got to be faithful. Give, and it shall be given back to you. That's what the Word says. Amen? Amen. Enough preaching on that. Let's get to our next subject, all right? I've been talking about holiness. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Father... I'm believing in you for a great move of your spirit today, God. We've already felt it, God. You've already blessed us, and I'm just trusting, God, that you're going to do something today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, we've been talking about holiness, and holiness is a wholehearted devotion to God. It's amazing in my position, you can, you can see people who have a heart for God, and you can see people who are only here because they're made to be here, or they're here, here because they're obligated to be here, or they're here because they're worried that God's going to strike them down or something like that. They're here for, for uh, any other reason other than devotion to God. They serve God not out of, out of um, passion or love. They do it out of fear. Right? And when you do things out of fear, you do it halfway. Did you know that? God wants us to love him. God wants us to be a part of him. God wants us to be in him. It's a mutual loving relationship between us and him. And so when we have a wholehearted devotion to God, there's a, there's a connection there between us and God that's unparalleled to anything that you've ever been through. Last week I spoke about people who are new to the faith, how you need to put aside some of those things that you're doing, right? Remember I spoke about that last week? Somehow we've made it acceptable that smoking, or made it okay that smoking weed is acceptable in the church. We don't talk about it. Well, don't do it, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, don't do it. That's not of God, amen? Or drinking or, or any of those other things. And I can talk about lying and gossip. I can talk about a lot of things, amen? I can call out sins. But I'm telling you, those are things that we need to clean up. Now, this week... I'm going to speak to my people that have been here for a while. All right? I'm going to speak to you this morning. Because there's some things that we need to talk about. There's some things that we need to fix. Amen? Now, is anybody in this room perfect? See, you got to come to church with the realization that the reason why we're here is to get closer to God. And the only way we're going to get closer to God is if we fix things within us that are not right. Amen? Do you realize people don't go like, like to go to church because all they see is a bunch of hypocrites? I mean, isn't that the blame that we get? Well, we need to change that, per, or that part about us. Now, I'm not calling you a bunch of hypocrites. I never said that. 
But we need to change that part about us and give them no reason not to want to come. Amen? Because this is the house of God. We are here to worship the Lord, and we want to be as perfect as we can be because that's what God has called us to be. In Matthew chapter 15, 11, he says this. Matthew chapter 15, 11, he says this. Now, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So Jesus, in, in his many discussions, was dealing with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Now, the Pharisees studied the Bible more than anybody else. As a part of becoming a Pharisee, you actually had to memorize the entire Old Testament. You had to memorize it. And they didn't have verses back then like we do. They had to memorize. They couldn't say Isaiah 53.3 is this. They, had to, they didn't have verses to reference. They just had to memorize the whole thing. The problem with the Pharisees, like a lot of people today, is they had the knowledge up here of what God's Word says, but they didn't have the knowledge down here. They don't have it down here. And so they're operating out of the flesh. And so what the Pharisees were doing is to help people be holy. You ever been to a church that helps you be holy? Well, you need to do this. They give you a bunch of rules. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Listen, I don't like going to a church where they say, don't do this and don't do that. I realize there's things that we don't need to do, but I like to go to a church that says, grow in God, grow up in God. And when you do those things, you don't want to do all those other things. Amen. We don't need to worry about all those other things. Now, I know, I know I just talked about, like, don't do this, don't do that. And so it seems like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm actually not. Because we need to focus on becoming like God. And when you become like God, all those other things, you lose taste for them. Amen? You lose taste for them. But the Pharisees, they kept adding a bunch of rules. They say, well, if you do this, and you got to do that, and you got to do this, and this is what makes you holy. And so they came to Jesus, and they got upset with him, and they said, and I'm going to go over this scripture in just a moment, they say, hey, your disciples are eating bread without washing their hands. Now, some of you are like, and? <laughs> they should wash their hands, right? They should wash their hands, but then the Bible says that this is what they were upset about. It's not the fact that they were wa didn't wash their hands. They were upset. I'm going to read this verse in just a moment. They were upset that they transgressed against the elders. In other words, they sinned against the elders by not washing their hands. In other words, it was a man-made tradition. Nowhere in the Old Testament does it say wash your hands before you eat bread. God didn't say that. Now, you would think that that would be just a normal thing to do, but they were more upset that they broke the laws of men than the law of God. Now, what happens is when you follow tradition, it becomes just tradition. Matthew 15, 2, this is the verse that I was talking about. It says, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. See, they were more concerned about their tradition than God's law. They were more concerned about following the things that they've always done versus the way that God says do it. They were more concerned about following a program 
following a pattern, following things that have to be done a certain way than following the Word of God. Amen? They were more concerned about uh, uh, checking the box or, and dotting the I's or crossing the T's than they were about following God's plan. Brothers and sisters, if we are not careful, we will be more concerned about the rules of church than church itself. Amen? What I hear from people so often, and I, I'm, this is going to ruffle some feathers, okay? So love me. Who, said, who loves me? Okay, a few people, thank you. I'm glad some of you love me. Some of you are like, hey, no, okay. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to speak God's word anyway, okay? You've never known me not to speak God's word, so here we go. Amen. Praise God. A few people say, and man, I tell you what, I... If you want to see my blood boil, then, then we can have this discussion. Are you ready for it? That's the way we've always done it. Maybe that way was wrong, right? Maybe that way wasn't God's way. Because what happens is we begin to worship the tradition, then worship God. Amen? We begin to worship that idol. Yes, I use that word. We worship that idol of tradition versus the God of heaven who can do anything that he wants to do. Amen? What I hear from people, now come on, you got to love me. I told you I'm going to speak the word this morning. People say, I hate change. I don't like change. Let me ask you a question. Did you put on different clothes today? Yeah, I hope so. Did you wash your clothes sometime in the last two weeks? I'm going to be a little specific general there, okay? How many are driving a car that is not 50 years old? How many, how many went to the store and bought new food? And you threw away the food that had expired or was spoiled, Right? Don't tell me you don't like change, amen? Because we change every day. You change lanes when you're driving. If you didn't like change, you would stay in that lane all day long, no matter what. You like change. You don't still like the change that affects you in a way you don't like. It's getting hot in here. Woo! Woo! Listen, I'm not... Everything that we do has to be in order. Everything that we do has to be godly, amen? But to say we don't like change, but yet we have change all in our life, is, is we're fooling ourselves. We have to know that when we go to the house of God, that God was the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. He adapts himself to every generation. He doesn't change, but he adapts himself. He's not going to deal with me the same way he deals with you. And if you haven't noticed, new people have been coming. We have to adapt the way that we're doing things, Amen. That means we preach messages of salvation. That means we preach messages of holiness. That means messages of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. God has called me to be one of those old-time Church of God or Pentecostal holiness preachers. I will preach the Word of God. I will preach against sin. I will preach against self-judgment. I will preach all those things that we do that hinder us from a relationship with God. A lot of people don't like these kind of messages because they feel like I'm attacking them, and I want to assure you, I am not attacking you. 
I'm not attacking you. I want us to, I want us to come together and be one. Amen. I want us to come together and realize that we're in this thing together. But if we, brothers and sisters, do not change, then we're going to lose our younger brothers and sisters who are coming to church because they are looking to us as examples. They are looking to us as a model. And if all we do is complain, why would you want to be around that? Oh, it's pretty hot up here now. Come on. If all we do is complain and say, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. Listen, it's not about what you like. It's about serving God. Amen. If we come here for this, we're not here for that. I know this is a hard message, but I'm just trying to get you to understand that God's not going to care the color of our carpet. Hello? God's not going to care... The sound. You know what God wants to move? God wants the people who are willing to, to, to just look to him. Amen? Who just look to him and say, God, I want you. God, I need you. God, I desire you. God, I want you. Sometimes we need to kind of put those blinders on and say, Lord, I don't get everything right now, but I'm going to serve you anyway. You know what that does for our younger people who are coming to the Lord? It shows them that we don't get bogged down on things that don't matter. We don't get bogged down in things that don't matter in the kingdom of God. I can assure you this carpet is soon going to be drenched in the tears of people turning their lives around to God. That's what matters. Amen. That's what matters. We have an idea of what church is, but does it line up with God? Have you ever thought about that for a second? If, if Jesus walked into this service right now, which we hope he does, Will he sit back and go, oh, this is cool? Or will he go, what is this? What are they doing? That guy's up there doing cheers. What's wrong with him? You had to be here a couple weeks ago for that. <laughs> you want me to do it again? No. Yes? yes? <laughs> Maybe later. If you pay attention and say, amen, I'll do it. <laughs> you have to do it more than once. <laughs> Everybody with me this morning? Anybody? Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, anybody mad at me? You're probably not going to raise your hand, but if you're mad at me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you like I talk to my teenagers sometimes. You may be mad at me, but I still love you. Okay, I want you to know I love you, and I want you to be a part of us. Okay, I'm not... I've been accused of running people off, and I'm going to tell you that's a lie. I've never done that. I've never, run any, I've never asked anybody to leave this church, amen? And you know, God will expose those liars because I've never done that. See, I'm pretty bold this morning. Have you noticed that? Because I've been in prayer about these things. I've been praying to God, and God has given me a spirit of boldness this morning. And I, I will say this to the person out there spreading those lies. You better get right with God. You better get right with God because a lie is a lie. A lie is a lie. And woe to those who listen to those lies and spread those lies because God's judgment is upon you as well. Praise God. Amen. Let's get back to our sermon. See, when we first started the holiness movement in church, when God started stirring in the hearts of people about 100 years ago, the church morphed 
into a movement that was all about cleaning up the outside instead of the inside. See, I was part of that holiness movement. I grew up in the holiness movement. And what would happen is they said, they said, you can't. That was the words that always given to me. Can I go do this? No, you can't. Can I do this? No, you can't. We had to wear long sleeve shirts and we had to not wear shorts. Now, to, to some people, me not wearing shorts was a blessing. <laughs> All right? Because apparently my legs were pretty white and they still are very white. And I'm not going to wear those for you today, okay? But we, we were more concerned about what people wore than, the, 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 than their heart. Amen? That's why people would come to church and portray themselves one way, and then they would go home and abuse their wives and their kids. Come on now. They would, they would come to church and they would pretend to be one way, but they would go home and hate their neighbor. See, I grew up in the South, and we would have people talk about God, and they would worship God, they would run the aisles, but then they would talk about another race like they were dogs. You explain to me how that's holiness. See, if you're a godly person, you're going to love your neighbor no matter what they look like. Amen. You're going to love your neighbor, amen? You're going to love your neighbor. If you're truly seeking God and your holiness, you're going to love your pastor, amen? That was good, thank you. <laughs> if you, if you, okay, there we go, I did it. All right. <laughs> if you love God, then you're going to love everybody in this church no matter how much they annoy you, amen? Now listen. Let's just be honest. Are there people in this church that annoy you? You can raise your hand. Nobody is going to know who they are. You're chicken. I see it. Wait a minute. Maybe it's me. <laughs> There's people that annoy us, right? But let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a family where someone in your family didn't annoy you? I have family members that I cannot be around. I want to slap them. <laughs> I love them, but I want to slap them. <laughs> right? That, do you feel that way? I love you, Pastor, but I want to slap you. No, don't, don't say that. No, we all, listen, but that's what makes us great in the sense in God's will that we can come together and worship Him no matter how we feel about that other people because we may not like them, but we love them, amen? And there's a difference, amen? But the holiness movement that sprang up Many showed up, and they cleaned up, and they still did the things in the world. They put on, and then what happens is churches had this thing that you can't come in the doors unless you're wearing a coat and tie, and you're dressed to the hill. You got to be dressed a certain way. You got to talk a certain way. You got to walk a certain way. Listen, I don't see any of those things in Scripture, amen? What I see is people come into the house of God, and they fall to their knees and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. God bless me. Save me. What I see in the Word of God is I see men and women gather around them knowing what they've been through, knowing the bad decisions that they've made, gather around them and say, God bless you. That's what I see in the Word of God. Man, there's so many times people have come to church and people pull me aside. Hey, let me tell you about this person. Can I tell you I don't care? I don't care about their past. I don't care what they are. I care about their future. Amen. Listen, I know we need to be careful and protective. I don't care what they were. I don't care. Listen, I don't care who they are. I care what they are in God. Amen. I care that they're saved, that they're blood bought, that they've been forgiven of their sins. That's what I care about. 
well, pastor, they put stuff on Facebook that I don't agree with. Then pray for them. Because there is a bondage still out there that people confuse things of the new age with God. Don't judge them. Pray for them. You know how I look at it? They're still looking for God. Praise God. Now, they may be not looking in the right way, but they're still looking, and God's going to help them. Amen. I'm not going to shut the door to that. I'm not going to shut the door on somebody looking to God. I'm going to say, hey, come this way. This is the way that you want to go. I know this other way looks tempting, but come this way, and then that decision is up to them. Amen? Praise God. We have got to be a loving church. See, we have an idea of what Christianity or Christians should be. But again, does it line up with the Word of God? If I were to ask you what a Christian was, some of you would raise your hands. Well, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't do this, they don't do that. But again, the Word of God doesn't really say that. Now, I'm not saying you can go do all those things, but just hear me out, okay? You know what the Word of God lines up with being a Christian? is someone who had a wholehearted devotion, who were willing, and if you read Acts, Acts chapter 6, they were willing to lay down their lives, willingly lay down their lives for God. Not having ever met Jesus, they were still willing to lay down their lives. Praise God! See, somehow we've gotten to come to the conclusion that God can move in different ways and in ways that he never has before. Okay. You guys are going to sleep on me. I got to wake him up, RJ. Got to wake him up, okay? Amen. We, have, we somehow have this conception that because God moved 30 years ago in one way, that's the only way he moves. Can I tell you that Jesus never he- healed the same person the same way in Scripture? He never healed them the same way. What that tells me is that God may be the same yesterday and today and forever, but he's going to do things different ways because he's God. And guess what? I can't figure out what he does. See, when the 120 people were in the upper room and the Holy Ghost was poured out, that had never, ever, ever happened before where tongues came upon them when they were speaking a new language. That had never happened before. Did someone stand up and say, hey, stop, stop, stop. This hasn't happened before. We can't do this. Is that what they did? No, they started dancing and doing all this. They were, they were, they were so full of joy, they went out into the street, and they started praising God in the street. And people were like, they are drunk. And Peter stood back and he said, he stood up and he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but they are full of the Holy Ghost from God. And he went on a sermon and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Amen. We need to stop hindering the work of God by our judgment. I'm going to tell you, and I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this because I've been in church for so long, I think God can only move one way. But I am ready to God for God to move whatever he, way he wants to. Amen. That is not to say that God is not a God of order. That is not to say that God is not a God of, uh, of, of peace. He's not a God of chaos, okay? There has to be an order everything that we do. But I want to tell you, God 
God wants to move in the hearts of people. God wants to do something in you today that has never been done before. God desires to do that. But the only thing that hinders that is us. Because we believe that God only moved this way, and that's the only way he can move. Listen, I love hymns. That song, Jesus on the Main Line, has been on my heart for a week now. I love that song. Does it make any sense? Not really. <laughs> Jesus on the Main Line? I mean, come on. It, it, but man, it gets my heart pumping, okay? I'm like, Jenny, I want the doom tap thing. That's what I want. I don't know what it's called. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to try my best. And I got the organ playing, guitar playing, and man, I was feeling it, and you were feeling it. See, God moves in whatever way he wants to. God moves, amen? I think I said doom tap, and I meant boom tap. Okay, not doom tap. Okay, boom tap. Sometimes I have to clarify what I'm talking about. Amen? God can move however way he wants. So why don't we let him? Why don't we let him? Why don't we let God move? Well, pastor, it makes me uncomfortable. Good. We need to become uncomfortable. Amen? We need to become uncomfortable. And here's where we need to trust our leadership is they're not going to let anything happen in this church that is not of God. I can assure you, I will shut it down. Amen? I will shut, and I will not be, I will not be bashful about it. I will not say, okay, let's not do that. I'm going to say, shut it down now. You got to trust that. Because you know who's judged over that if I let something get out of hand? Right here. God judges me. We need to get excited in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to get excited in who he is. Amen. We need to. We need to put some anti-glue solvent on your seats and on your chairs. <laughs> All right. I can't get out. I'm stuck. Oh, I want to raise my hands, but I can't. Oh. I promise you, you can do it. Listen, if you didn't take a shower this morning, you're a little self-conscious, do it anyway. It's fine. All right? Just worship God. Amen? If the person beside you moves down a little bit, don't take offense at it. Just worship God. Amen? I'm telling you, God's looking for a people. God's looking for a church. God is looking for a church who will stand up and say, I worship you, God. See, we can get so focused on tradition that it sometimes manipulates or changes the Word of God. When they were presented this to Jesus, why does it your disciples wash their hands? Jesus said, he answered and said to them, you ever hate it when somebody asks you a question when you've just asked them a question? Don't you hate that? Like, why are you doing that? Well, why are you doing that? <laughs> I hate that. He answered and said to them, verse 3, why do you also transgress the commandment of God of your tradition? Because of your tradition. Now I want you to think about the heaviness of that statement. They were saying, hey, you broke the sin of our tradition. And Jesus says, why do you break the law of God? Which one's worse? Can I, can I tell you that we need to lay our traditions at the door? Come on. Whatever you feel like is how church should go, I'm going to tell you, God's going to do the opposite. 
You know why? Because he's God and he can do that. He wants us to worship, but then he goes on to say, for God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Pretty straightforward, right? You disrespect your parents, you get put to death. Boy, I tell you what, we could solve a lot of our problems if we brought that back, couldn't we? Parents? <laughs> put that in school, we wouldn't have any more problems, would we? <laughs> Amen. No, I'm not saying we should put them to death, but just a little fear of God in them. Verse 5, but you say, man, that's, a, that's like, I would hate for God to say that about me. The Bible says this, but you say this. He says, but you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you may have received from me as a gift of God, then he need not honor his father or mother. See how they just completely change Scripture? The rest of that Scripture reads, thus you have made the commandment of God. Listen to this, very important. You've made the commandment of God of no effect by your Tradition. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. When you let your tradition be more important than the Word of God, then that becomes your idol. That becomes your idol. I want to be clear here. I'm not speaking against a culture. I'm not speaking against a person. I'm actually speaking against a spirit. I'm speaking against a spirit that wants to hold the church back. So if you don't get mad at me, you get mad at the devil. Amen? Praise God. The traditions of man made the commandment of God to no effect. They were taking the parts of the Bible, the Old Testament, that they liked, or that they, and then they would cancel or nullify the parts that they didn't like. Have you ever seen people around town that you know who claim to be Christians and they act one way and then they do something and they claim to have been Christian for a long time, but they're still doing and acting the same way they have for 40 years? Come on. All right, now, <laughs> God, you better help me here. I question whether or not you're a believer. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because if you're a believer, you're in love with God, and you're always wanting to change and get better. But if you're the same way you were 40 years ago, then you're not changing. Then I wonder what's wrong with you. Do you have a wholehearted devotion to God? I know that was a little harsh. And man, I, I struggle with saying that. But the Lord's, the Lord's speaking to me through this morning. I've got to say some things. And, and maybe I'm going to get hate mail. I don't, know. I don't you know. At this point, I'm just speaking what God wants. I'm not trying to run anybody off. I just want you to realize that we've got to change. Amen. We've got to grow in God. Amen. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, help me. The Lord says this about the leaders that were talking to him. These people draw near to me with their mouth. 
and they honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. Man. Does that sting a little bit? See, I didn't say that. Jesus did. He says in the church today, in the church today, people come. And man, they, they say the right flowery things. They get up and they say, Blessed be thou, O God, who art liveth in the heaveneth. They talk King James because that makes them sound holy. <laughs> thou art righteous, O Godeth. I believeth in thee. Thinking that that makes them holy, and it does not. It does not. Their hearts are far from me. Remember what I said about holiness? It is a wholehearted devotion to God. They become so focused on cleaning up the outside, they forget to work on what matters. Verse 25 of Matthew chapter 23, he actually issues a warning to the Pharisees. He says, woe to you. This is part of seven woes that he did in this chapter. He goes, woe to you. Scribes and Pharisees, and he calls them hypocrites. He says, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of extortion and self-indulgence. We cannot be a hindrance to people as they come to God. The Bible uses the word a stumbling block. And Jesus said something, and, I, and I, I didn't put the verse down, but you've heard of it before. He goes, suffer the little children to come unto me and hinder them not. Now, we've always took that to mean children, right? Literally children. But it also has, in the Bible, they have what they call a lot of double meanings. And what he means there is someone who's new to the faith. And if someone comes in a church and, and, and they're walking to the door and, and listen, there's no such thing as casual sin anymore, okay? People who are out in the world, they're, they're up to their eyeballs in sin and they don't know how to get out. They're trying as hard as they can, but they don't know what to do. And when they come in the church, there's going to be a time period when they're struggling and they don't know how to make it. We don't need to go over them and say, well, you need to do this and you need, you need to read your Bible. And listen, I know they need to read their Bible, but we don't need to lay all these burdens on them and say, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, this. First of all, we need to love them, amen? We need to mention them. We need to be that parent. We need to love on them and give them encouragement. And by our example, we teach them how to read the Word of God. And by the way, we can't tell them you need to read of God when you don't read the Word of God yourself, amen? You can't say something that you're not doing. That's hypocrisy. Amen. We can't say you need to give if we're not giving. We can't say you need to serve if we're not serving. We can't say do this if we're not doing that. Brothers and sisters of the church for a long time, we need to be the example. We need to be the light. We need to be the one to say, this is how you do it. We don't need to gossip and not expect them not to gossip. We don't need to lie and expect them not to lie. We don't need to cheat on our taxes. Yeah, I just went there. Listen, if you cheat on your taxes, you really need to get right with God. 
You can justify all day long, well, I don't like the government. When you became an American citizen, you agreed to do all those things. Listen, I don't like paying taxes either. Trust me, I really hate this time of year. We don't need to cheat on our taxes. We don't need to cheat our employer. We don't need to cheat the church. We don't need to cheat anybody else. We don't need to lie to people. We need to be men and women of integrity. Thank you for the couple of amens. I think a couple people go, oh, me. I can't believe he went there. How many still love me? All right, just checking. Okay, here's a quick cheer. Okay, there we go. Getting a little heavy. I had to lighten up a little bit. Don't become a stumbling block to somebody. See, in Acts chapter 15, there was this great debate. Because a lot of Gentiles were coming to the Lord, and some of the Jews wanted them to follow the Jewish law. Peter got up and talked about how they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas got up and talked about the miracles. And at that moment, they realized that God was moving in the Gentiles, something that they had never seen before in all their lives. God was moving in the Gentiles. And they said, you know, we don't need to put that burden of following Jewish law on them. And they made that decision. It's because of that. It's because of that that we don't have an animal sacrifice in here this morning. Did you know that? We don't have an animal sacrifice. And I don't wear this ephod. And I don't go behind this curtain. And I don't do all this. Because of that meaning, praise God, we need to be willing to adapt what God is doing right now. And I'm going to tell you what God is doing right now. I'm going to tell you what God is doing right now. God is bringing people from the east, the north, the south, and the west into his kingdom. And this church is going to be a part of it. We need to stop. Praise God. Give him glory. We need to stop mourning the people who are no longer here and embrace those who will come. Amen. We need to stand up and say, you're my brother. You're my sister. Take me by the hand. We're going to walk into this land together. Amen. We're going to get there together. Amen. And I may not approve of your lifestyle, but I'm going to love you anyway. Some of us need to remember what we were like when we first got saved. Amen. Some of us need to remember that we used to say some colorful words when we got saved. Still. Amen. Some of us need to remember that we weren't perfect when we got saved. Amen. Some of us need to remember that we were not all that and the bag of chips. Amen. We need to love people. We need to embrace them. And we need to love our pastor. You're still with me. Acts 15, 19. James says this, the brother of Jesus said this, wrote a book, therefore I judge that we should not, listen to that word there, trouble. We should not trouble. You know what that means? That means burden down, cause anxiety to. Pastor, I I see our, our teenagers and they're on their cell phones right now. Yes, I see you. And, and they're not worshiping. They're not doing the right thing. Yes, we need to love them. We need to embrace them. Amen? Well, Pastor, I, I, I saw one of our members go into a bar. My first question is, how did you see it? <laughs> I was there, you know, 
then they trail off. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to beat you up if you went into a bar. I'm, I, I don't think you should do it. Because there's nothing but bad things in there. That's not going to contribute to your holiness. But how about we love people who still come to church anyway, even though they, last night they were doing the wrong thing. Amen? How about we love them? If, if you're sleeping around, come to church anyway. If, if you're smoking weed, come to church anyway. If you got an abortion, come to church anyway. Amen? You're not, you're not a hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite unless you claim that you're holy when you're not. I mean, come on. If you, if you yelled at your husband, <laughs> I didn't imply anything there. <laughs> I got to come with you now. <laughs> if, you love, if, you, if you yelled at your wife, okay, so I changed it. Come to church anyway. If you cheated on somebody, come to church anyway. If you lie, come to church. If you gossip, come to church. But don't come to church acting like you're better than everybody because you're not. Amen? You're not. Amen? Come in with a heart of repentance. Oh, praise God. Lord, please help my wife to forget that in the name of Jesus. You still love me? All right, just checking. Some of you haven't clapped, but I, I still love you. I, I really, I want to say that when I say I love you, I mean that. I want you to know I love you. And sometimes, sometimes we need to say things and address things that are uncomfortable. You know that? We have to talk about things. But that doesn't mean we can't love each other. When, when, we, when we talk about things that are necessary, we deal with things, and that's how, that's how the devil is not allowed to come into our midst, because we're telling him, you're not welcome here, because we're going to deal with this through the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. We're going to deal with this through the Holy Ghost. This is my last scripture, and we're going to close. Thank you for listening this morning. See, what comes out of your mouth is who you really are. Jesus was talking about a couple of things there, because he was talking about it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. And you're sitting there thinking, well, if I eat, you know, Bad food, that's going to defile me. In the Jewish tradition, if they ate certain food, that made them defile. He goes, listen, that's not what defiles you. It's what you say. James talks about this in, I believe it was James chapter 3. He talks about the tongue, how we say things. We can either tear down or we can build up. Now, some of us, man, all we know is how to tear down, right? We need to build each other up. Amen? Amen. I had, a, I had a situation a couple of days ago where, where someone was, uh, I want to be careful how I say this, they, they were ministering, and they didn't exactly 
do it the way that I would do it. And I, I could have beat them up and I said, you don't do that. But what I realized is at that moment, what I needed to do is I needed to encourage that person. Love on them. Let them know that, hey, I know that maybe you didn't do this the way that I would have done it, but here's, here's what you can do. Because I believe that God called that person to the ministry. And I know that when I was a minister, growing up as a minister, trying to get into ministry, I had so many people tear me down. So many people tearing me down. And when I, when I was struggling with something, you know what they'd always say, and I hated hearing this, is they would just say, well, you just need to have faith. That's a, I call those canned answers. You just need to have faith. You know what? Sometimes people need to hear a little bit more than that, don't they? People just need to hear, listen, I may not have gone through exactly what you've gone through, but I love you in the name of Jesus, and I'll cry with you, I'll weep with you. I don't have, we, we feel like that we have to have answers for everybody. We don't need to have answers for people. God's got the answers, amen? We just need to love on people, amen? We just need to love them. We need to embrace them. Here's the last scripture. Do not let your mouth, everybody point to their mouth. Point to your mouth. It says, do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? I can't say it any more than that. Some people wonder why it doesn't feel like God's blessing them, and I can explain to you why right there. Because we let our mouth take the blessing from us. Words have an impact. Words have an impact. Instead of tearing down brothers and sisters, we need to build up. Do not tell me, well, I have the right to do that because I've been here a long time because that right is not in the Word of God. Of all things, those of us who have been here a while, more is expected of us. We need to build up. We need to encourage. We need to love. Would you stand with me, please? I know today was a difficult message because whenever you're talking about holiness, it is difficult. It's hard. It's, it's challenging. But what I'm trying to tell you with all my heart, without making you feel bad, because I still love you and always will love you, that if we don't change and not hinder the work of God, we will never be what God wants us to be, both in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives. Here's what we're going to do right now. How many believe that God can heal our broken bodies? Amen. We're going to do this every service that he brings it to my mind. And, and I will say this, after service, we're planning a trip to Guatemala as a mission trip. If you want to go on that trip, I'm going to give you some information after service. Just come and sit right here. I'll talk about it for a few moments. But here's what I want you to do. If you are sick in your body, if you need healing, I would like for you to come. Stand right here, please. Come up here with me. Come right now. If you need healing in your body, come.
Praise God. A lot of people need a touch from the Lord this morning. A lot of people need a touch from the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else, you need healing from the Lord this morning. I need somebody to come stand for Stacy. Stacy's having surgery. Can someone stand in for her? Mary, can you come stand in for her? Stacy Brown is having surgery this morning. She called me, asked for prayer for her. I needed someone to stand in for my mom. So I want to share this with you. My mom's not doing well. She would kill me if I said anything to you, so you can't say anything. She's not doing well. I'm not going to go into details, but I'm hurting because of that. And I know some of you have dealt with this before. But I need someone to stand in for my mom. Amen. We need healing in this church, don't we? So here's what we're going to do. Do you believe that God can heal your body this morning? I've already gotten reports of people who have been healed. Amen. I want you to know that God is healing people in this church. I believe God's going to heal. Next week, we're going to have a special speaker. I believe that this week, God's going to heal somebody. Are you ready? If you need healing, I want you to raise your hands right now so I know who you are. Come up a little bit, Kaya. You guys come up here. Come up here. If you need healing, I want you to raise your hands. All I'm going to do, all I'm going to do, I'm going to anoint you with oil. This symbolizes the anointing of the Holy Spirit, okay? I want you to say, Lord, I need you. Receive this healing in the name of Jesus. I'm going to come by you right now. I'm going to anoint you with oil right now in the name of Jesus. I pray healing in the name of Jesus. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.